Pizza Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot, Joey Burrow, and those AFC North champions and the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,534 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. You guys rock. Now, to be fair, if you're watching the show on Facebook or Instagram, go to YouTube channel Sports with Strawberries. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chats. So, if you'd like to support what I'm doing, or want to make sure your chat gets read, 
Give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So, if you are a business and you would like to sponsor my show, you too can have an ad just like that right on the air, right here by yours truly, Jeff Trenable, the Iceman, Strawberry Ice. All right, guys, let's get to it. We had an absolute blast yesterday recapping um, the Bengals free agency. It was awesome. I'm still excited about it and on fire about it. I want to say what's up to everybody in the chat crew. We got Greg. We got uh, Rob, who is blasting the, the intro out to everybody <laughs> around. That's awesome. Bengal Brown, what's up? Who else we got there? Uh, oh, yeah, thank you. You say I have the best uh, – Best intro in the Bengals podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Again, that is GIF Vader Stripes from Black Light Productions. They are on Spotify. So if you want to go download it on Spotify, you can listen to the song anytime you want. Joe, what is going on? Bengals and Brews, what's up? What's up? What's up, my boys, my boys? All right. So let's see here. Like I said, we have an interview with Dan Horde. And I recorded it earlier today. So we hit on free agency. We hit on uh, the jackpot Joey Burrow effects and pretty much any and all things Bengals. And I am ecstatic to get to it. Let me get try to figure out uh, the comments here. I want to get you guys all before I go to the recording here. Uh, so what's up? Fred Johnson signed and waved. Yeah, I don't. I I think that's. It's got to be a, a cap issue with the numbers or something. I don't totally understand it <laughs> myself, Craig. It was kind of a kind of um, weird. <laughs> so I'm not sure why they did it. I'm thinking maybe Fred will come back. I don't know. But that was a very interesting thing. All right, let's get to my interview with Dan the Man Horde. Guys. All right, I got a great guest today. One of my favorite guys to have on the show. It's only the second time he's been able to be on here. He's a little busy. He was he honored me with his presence at the beginning of the football season. Then I said, hey, let's do this again sometime. He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, oh, December or something like that. Like, yeah, then I got a little busy. Like, I don't know, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. So it's my pleasure to introduce one of the best radio play-by-play guys for NFL and college football. He's none other than Dan Horde. Dan, what's going on, man? Jeff, how you doing? That cartoon image of me is a little bit frightening, but it's good to be back on the show. <laughs> yeah, that that that's when we put together off of your Twitter. So yeah, I try to do something a little interesting. You know, when I do my my intros for everybody. I try to do something a little a little different. So, like I said to you before, uh, we went we recorded here. Are are you still busy, or is it calming down a little bit now? It has definitely calmed down quite a bit, but I'm still busy. NFL free agency has obviously been eventful since the end of the Bearcat basketball season. Now you see football, spring football is going on. I attended their practice earlier today under the practice bubble at UC. So less busy, but still busy. <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun to me is what it sounds like. So, all right. So you mentioned it. We had the uh, Bengals free agency. And last week I was on vacation. so. I didn't really get to do a whole lot of shows and I am just scouring Twitter 
trying to keep up with everybody, especially the Lyle Collins stuff. Cause it was all week. And like the week before that, are they going to trade for him? Or are they going to cut him? What's going on? Are the Bengals going to do anything with their offensive line? Dan, we got three offensive linemen. We got a guard, a center and a right tackle. And I'm, Freaking out, like, holy crap. And we got Lyle Collins after he went shopping at Kenwood Mall and came back, and everybody's photoshopping different pictures of him and stuff. It was really fun to watch on Twitter. But how do you feel about the the three guys? I should say, I don't want, I don't want to forget about Hayden Hurst. We got him to, uh, as a tight end. Too. But how do you feel about the free agency the Bengals have accomplished in a week? Total home run, in my opinion, to get three established starters, none of whom is 30 years old, I thought was extraordinary. I talked to somebody from the front office before the start of free agency, and I said, what do you think? Do you think maybe you can get two new starters in free agency? And this person said, we'd like to get three. So they got three. It looks like Ted Karras will play center. We know that Alex Kapp will play right guard and that Lyle uh, Collins, excuse me, will play right tackle. So from center over to right tackle, you have completely uh, changed the guys on the starting offensive line and you have upgraded in all three spots. So to go from, let's face it, the, the biggest weak link on the team last year on a Super Bowl team and to address it the way they did in the first week of free agency, I thought was awesome. And now it completely opens up the draft board for what they want to do uh, early in the draft. Yeah, exactly. That. And that's what everybody's got to start switching to is, you know, we've all been, you know, uh, free agency, free agency. And that's what I've been saying on my show is like, you know, I want to, and it's, and it's refreshing because that's what I had to do last year is like, all right, what are the Bengals actually going to do in free agency first? And that will dictate what they do in the draft. And right now they've, they've done such a good job. It's the best player available. I mean, you obviously, I think you have to get a, a three t- in the draft in general, three tech cornerback uh, safety. And then other than that, I, th- I think it's a lot of depth pieces. Where, 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 where are you at on, on the, the draft right now? Well, I think it's depth pieces at everything. I mean, all of those spots that you mentioned, they already have good starters there. Mm-hmm. So you are trying to improve your depth and you're also trying to have guys ready for when players, leave or get hurt or whatever happens down the road. So I do think that cornerback is going to be a priority, but they've got all of their their top three guys back since Eli Apple signed a one-year deal. Uh, you would like to have another three technique, but you've got your number one guy back uh, with uh, the return of B.J. Hill. So I don't think there's another glaring weakness on the roster, and they are in the position now to be able to take the best player available, which is where you always want to be going into the draft. Right, exactly. And I know uh, some uh, people were tweeting out yesterday about stuff on Gilmore and some people asked me about getting uh, Larry Ogunjobi back. Um, I, Me personally, I would love to get both of them. I don't know if they actually have enough money under the cap to, to fit them all in, plus with the hopefully extension of Jesse Bates, which I know we all cross our fingers, hope that happens. Do you think there's any chance – not necessarily Gilmore, but what about Larry O coming back? What, what do you think the chances of, of that are co- of him coming back since he failed his physical in Chicago? I think there's a better chance of Larry O than there is of Stephon Gilmore because I still think that Gilmore is going to get paid near the top of the cornerback scale, not at the very top because he's a little bit older mm-hmm. than those guys getting max value at that position, but he's going to be close to the top. He's been one of the best players at his position for several years, and I don't think the Bengals have cap space at this point after what they did on the offensive line to sign a cornerback at the top of the pay scale. The only way that I could see them uh, reaching a deal with Stefan Gilmore is if he looks at the market 
doesn't like what he sees and elects to do a, a one-year prove-it type deal. But I don't think that's going to happen with Stefan Gilmore. I think there's still enough bidders out there where he's still going to get you know a good multi-year deal. Larry O, on the other hand, I think now has basically been forced into a position of probably having to sign another one-year prove-it type deal, much like he did last year with the Bengals, one year, six and a half mil. It's a shame. He was going to get more than 40 million bucks from the Bears, but he flunked the physical due to the foot that he broke near the end of last year. So I think he's likely to sign a one-year prove-it type deal again. And who knows, maybe because of the good experience that he had in Cincinnati, he'll elect to do that with the Bengals down the road. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping happens, and I feel terrible for him because it, it 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 just stinks. You know, he he did what he wanted. He proved he could, he was a uh, a good a good player. He got a big contract, and he flunked the physical. That that's just life sometimes. That stinks. But um, the draft people keep asking me now that you know we basically solidified all of our weak spots. You said just, and I agree with you on that. Um, do you think that the Bengals would trade up to get Sauce Gardner or Stingley? And me personally. I think there's a chance, Dan, they might trade back and get more picks. What's your thoughts? There's a much better chance that they'll trade back than trade up. They don't like to trade up in general, particularly in the first round. So I, I would say there's very little chance of that happening, especially with no longer a, a glaring need on the roster in terms of the starting lineup. So I think it's more likely that they would move back but I still think that that's unlikely. I think there are going to be players there at number 31 that they have graded much higher on their board than the 31st best player in the draft because other teams will obviously take quarterbacks. They don't have a needed quarterback. There will be other positions you know, that always uh, go high in the draft like tackles. And there are going to be players at other positions as a result that are going to still be there at number 31 that'll be very appealing to Cincinnati. So unless there are a bunch of those guys available at 31 and they know that if they move back a few spots, they're still virtually guaranteed to get one of those guys. I think it's most likely that they will stay at 31 and take a player and then look to move back in the later rounds of the draft. Kind of like what they, what they did last year. What was that, the third round, I think, they, tra they uh, traded back? Second round. Yeah, they, back. they okay, traded yeah. back in the second round. Now, right. keep in mind, in the second round, when everybody pretty much knew they were going to take an offensive lineman, they traded back when there were still some really good offensive linemen on the board. They wound up getting Jackson Carmen and another pick. Jackson Carmen didn't have a great rookie year, so maybe that decision is going to be questioned down the road. But uh, if a healthier Jackson Carmen plays well and – takes over that left guard spot, then that trade back looks better and better. Well, I think also that trade back also allowed them to draft Evan McPherson. I mean, I know they didn't, the picks weren't because of that, but but because of the multitude of picks they had, I think that allowed them to to, to draft him there. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised to, the Bengals mostly are going to trade or trade back at some point in this draft. They do it, I think they've done it the last two out of three years. If I'm not mistaken, that they've traded back at some point in the draft. Now, I just brought up Evan McPherson. Now, there's oh, we have Kevin Huber, who's a, a Bearcat, a longtime Bengal, and I, I respect him. You know, he's 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 unbelievable. But <laughs> there's this kid that I wrote an article about out of San Diego State named Matt Ariza. He looks pretty darn good. Looks like he's another version of Evan McPherson, except he's a punter and he tackles. Um, do you think there's a chance that the Bengals could draft, you know, we drafted a kicker last year, maybe we'll draft a punter in the fifth or sixth round? 
There's a chance, uh, but they do have Drew Chrisman under contract. They liked him last year when they signed him after the draft out of Ohio State. He's a Cincinnati area kid. He's got a very strong right leg. And they kept bringing him back over and over and over again Mm -hmm. to the practice squad because they did not want another NFL team to get their hands on him where he would not be available this year to battle for the job. So assuming that Kevin Huber comes back at least for a training camp battle, I think that shapes up to be one of the interesting stories of camp. The kid, Drew Chrisman, versus Kevin Huber. Kevin trying to you know, extend his career by another year. He's currently tied on the all-time Bengals list for most games played with Ken Riley. Can he come back for one more year and become you know, all alone in that category? We'll see, but I do think that shapes up to be one of the intriguing battles of camp. Yeah, that's a lot of people. When I wrote my my little article about it, uh, that's what that's a lot of people said. We still have we have Drew Christian. I'm like, I know, but this guy could be, you know, competition. It's not a bad thing to have that. But anyway, so the most shocking thing for me that happened so far on this free agency period for the Bengals is that CJ Uzama, unfortunately, left and went to New York. And not that you are reporting this at all, but I've heard other accounts, other reporters saying that the contracts were very close the, the money was, was very close and the Bengals were right there with them are you as surprised as I am that CJ left where, where, where are you at on the CJ Uzama uh, front I was surprised by the amount of money he got quite honestly I didn't think his market was going to be three years 24 million bucks but for whatever reason when you look at the free agent tight ends that were available this year they all got more money than I thought they were going to get so I think the Bengals anticipated that they would be able to hold on to CJ maybe for a million dollars per season less, which still would have been a good deal, maybe even a little less than that. Uh, But when the Jets offered him three years, 24 mil, even if the Bengals offer was close, that's more than they wanted to spend considering their overall cap. So it's unfortunate. They love him. I love him. Great person. Very good player. But I think if you look at Hayden Hurst's numbers from two years ago with the Falcons, he had a better year than C.J. Uzama has ever had, including this year when he was very productive. So at least on the field, I don't think the Bengals are losing much uh, in getting Hayden Hurst. They will lose a lot in the locker room, though, because uh, C.J. Uzama is a very unique personality that, that had great relationships up and down the locker room. Yes, yes, he is. I've had a, a lot of people ask me that. Um, you know, who who do I think is going to be the the locker room voice or whatever? And that, I, I've said that kind of comes organically. But just a couple guys that one guy for in particular that I think might do it because he's had a voice on Twitter is is Mike uh, Hilton. I I think he could be <laughs> the, the next guy to do the who day chant and and the next voice out there because he's always out there banging the drum to uh, extend Jesse Bates. So we'll see. So Hayden Hurst. Like you said, you, you, I don't think he's that much of a downgrade from CJ because, like you said, he had – I think he had 557 yards and six touchdowns, I think is what it was in 2020. I'm doing it off the top of my head. I looked yep. it up yesterday. So that's that's pretty good. And also, they, according to Bengal Sands, they will probably split him out wide a little bit more. So it will be a little different than CJ. And I think he doesn't block as good as CJ, but he's a better receiver. So you could look at it as it is an upgrade to uh, – from – from CJ to Hayden Hurst. And like Hayden Hurst said, he come in here and he has two chips on his shoulder. And as I quote, or, and I quote, I was a 25th pick for a reason. I think he said it like 25 times in his, in his initial uh, 
uh, press conference. So those are guys that I think I like uh, having on this team. I think there's a lot of guys that have covered other teams that were like Hayden Hurst on this team already. I think it could be a good fit. Yeah, and I think your analysis of Hayden Hurst is right on the money. I don't think he's nearly as good as a blocker as C.J. Uzama was, but I think he's probably a slight upgrade as a receiver and a more versatile receiver capable of going down the field and catching balls deeper down the field than C.J. Uzama typically did. But we'll see. Joe Burrow developed a great relationship in a short period of time with C.J. Uzama. If you go back two years ago Mm -hmm. to Joe's rookie year, now C.J. got hurt in week two, So it's hard to see, you know, it's hard to project how he would have done over the course of 16 games two years ago. But in the first two games of Joe Burrow's rookie year, he was his favorite target. So, again, for whatever reason, Joe and CJ clicked immediately. And now Burrow will have to develop a relationship like that with Hayden Hurst. But the potential is there. It's not Hayden Hurst's fault that the Falcons had an opportunity to draft Kyle Pitts and did so last year since he was considered to be you know, uh, uh, every 10 years kind of tight end prospect. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, kind of like Jamar Chase. You couldn't go wrong with with either one of them. So now, now the 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 cool thing is when uh, Joe Burrow, Jackpot Joey Burrow had all, all the, uh, the the new free agents in town and they're all trying to uh, get uh, Collins with them. They all met at Joe Burrow's house. This is before he went to the precinct in sweatpants and the Looney Tunes sweatshirt, which, by the way, can you get away with that going to, to the precinct? Could you show up there, Dan, with sweatpants and loot? Do you have that kind of slag or is it just a jackpot Joey Burrow thing? <laughs> uh, Joe can pull that off better than anybody else on the face of the earth. He is cool without trying to be cool. I don't know how he does it, but he's got it in spades. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. I saw that picture on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't go to the precinct like that. They wouldn't let me in. But anyway, so you had the the the, the epic meeting, I guess, the, the dinner sleepover at Joe Burrow's house, and Hayden Hurst was there. And that, I think that's that's a good sign as far as building relationships with the new guys. The, the guy you want to build the biggest relationship with, if you're new, is the quarterback, especially if you're the offensive lineman or the tight end because you want to get catches from him and you want to be able to, to protect him. So – I, I thought that was just really cool that he had them all over and he they had the stake burrows and how involved Joe Burrow is in recruiting these guys. And and I guess that goes to what I guess my point is that's the, the jackpot Joe Burrow effect is what is happening to the Bengals. And I think it's happening throughout the whole organization. Because we're doing we're seeing the Bengals do stuff that Dan, I'm 40, I'll be 47 in April. I've never seen the Bengals do stuff like this, what they've done the last three years. And I think it all has to do with Joe Burrow. Yeah, the Joe Burrow effect is real. There's no question about that. And as for hosting the guys over to his house last Friday and and helping woo Collins to Cincinnati, I thought that was great. But I think there might be something to that story. And I haven't talked to, to Joe about this, and, and maybe down the road I will. But I also wonder if we've reached the point now where it's really hard for Joe Burrow to go out. I mean, right. he, he is a star Unlike anybody we've had in Cincinnati, maybe since the big red machine, I'm sure it's gotten difficult for him to go anywhere. Now he can sneak into the precinct and, you know, they've got private rooms and stuff like that. And I suppose he can do that in certain places. But when he has a gathering like that, I wonder at this point if it almost has to be at his house because it's such a pain in the neck for him to be out in public that comes with the territory when you're one of the best quarterbacks and, and one of the brightest young stars in the NFL. But it is a little bit sad in a way if that's the case. Yeah, I, I never thought about that. But you're probably, yeah, I mean, 
if it's not now, it's going to be like that for him because, like you said, he is the biggest star in Cincinnati we have right now. I mean, it's unbelievable about how many people are talking about the Bengals and how focused this whole city was just on Lyle Collins, <laughs> a right tackle. I mean, I bet you he's going to be one of the the the, the second most uh, worn jersey in in the in the jungle next year. And at seventy one, it's not going to be Willie Anderson. It's going to be Lyle Collins. It's just ridiculous how many people are locked in to football. And we what we're a little after a month and a half from the Super Bowl, and we got Reds baseball coming up. Usually, this is a big baseball town. We have opening day, and it's a big party and everything. And not that nobody cares. But everybody is so excited about the Bengals. And again, that's the Joe Burrow effect. And yeah, if he goes out to public, I, I'm not going to lie. I'd be a little fangirl like, oh my God, it's Joe Burrow. Hi, oh, Joe. How you doing? And I've seen him. I mean, I'm you know me, I'm down to practice all the time talking to him. Well, I'm not really talking to him. I'm just kind of waving and say hi. But, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 got to be hard for him. He's 25, 26 years old for him to take all this stuff on and to do it in a, in, in a way that it doesn't affect him. That's something that's just built inside him, I think, Dan. Yeah, he's special. And as for, you know, the celebrity aspect of his life, I think Joe is uniquely suited to handle it because I think he's a homebody anyway. I mean, that guy strikes me as somebody who would rather be home, hanging out with his friends and his girlfriend, watching a lot of tape and preparing for his next game or his next season, that uh, being inside at home is probably not a big inconvenience for him. But I always find it a little bit sad if a guy, you know, has a hard time just being out in public because he's besieged by people. But fortunately, Joe is, is special. He's unique. And I think he can handle this as well as just about anybody. Well, I'm sure if he ever needs any advice on that, I'm sure you can help him because I'm sure every time you go out, you, you're you just you know engulfed in, in fans around you. Just, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you, yes, went you to, are just kidding. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so you went to the uh, the UC practice today and you see uh, basketball is is over and football obviously coming off the best season ever. So we're rolling into the year number five, right? Or the six? Six uh, for Coach Six. Trevor. All right, six. Yeah. See that? I'm a Bearcat fan, and I've never, other than Rick Menner, we've never had a coach stay this long. So year six of Luke Fickle. And we are going to go from a very uh, senior-led team to, there should be seniors there, but not as much as there was last couple of years. And we have a new quarterback that we haven't had since Luke got here, you know. So there's a lot of competition going on. Where are, are are we at as far, especially as far as the, the quarterback competition? How are they looking and, and how's the whole team looking in general? Well, I put it this way at uh, spring practice today. This was their fifth out of 15 spring practices in the past, at least in the last four years under Coach Fickle. Spring ball was about growth. This year, it's about change. Mm -hmm. You know, they got eight guys that, that were at the NFL scouting combine a few weeks ago in Indianapolis. There are only a couple of schools in the country that had more. And Ohio State had less. USC had less. Penn State had less. So that just tells you, you know, the level of that senior class. And it's not just seniors because Sauce Gardner was a junior. Uh, Jerome Ford was a junior. But you get the point. Yes. Uh, outgoing starters. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. So they've never had to replace this many NFL level players. And it's a major challenge. And there's no bigger challenge than quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Fickle talked to reporters after practice today, and if there were, I don't know, 10 questions asked from the various reporters, 
quarterback came up in probably seven or eight of those questions. And in many cases, it wasn't even the question. But Coach Fickle eventually wound up speaking about the quarterback during the course of his answer. So it's going to be an interesting battle. Uh, Evan Prater obviously is back, Mr. Football at Wyoming High School, his senior year, one of the highest touted recruits they've ever had at UC. But they didn't just want to hand him the job. They wanted it to be legitimate competition. So Ben Bryant has come back. He battled Desmond Ritter for the job for several years. Never could quite beat Desmond out for the job. So last year, he transferred to Eastern Michigan, had an excellent season, led his team to a bowl game, but still has eligibility left and came back to UC. So right now, that's the battle. They've basically been alternating every other practice as to who plays quarterback with the first string, who plays quarterback with the second string. And it's a, you know, may the the best man win type of situation that probably won't be finalized until the end of training camp in August. Right. And this is what's, it's such an awesome time just in Cincinnati for, for football with the Bengals and the Bearcats and what's going on. I I just keep trying to tell everybody who's a a Bengal Bengal or Bearcat fan to just enjoy this because this doesn't, you usually don't have a college football team and an NFL team go to the playoffs or, you know, the Super Bowl and the college football playoffs all in the same year. So to to definitely enjoy this. And we have to, we have our sights set on the uh, big 12 and I'm not worried about football. I'm more worried about basketball to tell you the truth that because that basketball league is going to be no joke. Once we get in there, it's going to be, I think the, the best maybe one, one a league around. Where do you think uh, the Bearcats are as far as Wes Miller get, getting? I know it's only the second year. It's going to at least take, I think, at least three years before you really start getting your team formed to where you want it. And I know made, uh, Mason Madsen has uh, entered the transfer portal. Where do you think Wes is at as far as his, his building of the Bearcat basketball program? Well, it's obviously still in the rebuilding stage, and I think he's currently out there right now trying to you know, work the transfer market. More and more names are going to go into the portal in the weeks to come, and I think he's looking to add high-level players that will be able to contribute right away next year. You mentioned Mason Madsen. Mikey Saunders has now entered his name into the transfer portal. There could be another player or two. We'll see. Um, but I think those are going to create openings that Wes Miller will fill with high-level talent. He knows better than we do what it's going to take to compete in the Big 12. He had an opportunity now to coach you know, this personnel group for a year and see how they stack up in the American, and now they're going to have to move up another level to compete in the Big 12. So I love Wes. I think he's going to do a fantastic job at UC. But obviously, until you start winning a lot of games – you know, the jury is always going to be out for uh, for everybody until you can prove you can do it. But that was the case for Luke Fickle when he went four and eight in year one. And and look what he's done in the four years since. Uh, that was the case with Zach Taylor in years one and two. People thought he was on the hot seat last year and he took the team to the Super Bowl. So you can tell when a coach has what it takes. Um, and I think Wes Miller has what it takes. Yeah. And, and just because players are entering the transfer portal is not is nothing against West Miller or the University of Cincinnati. It, that is the way it's going to be a normal thing in college basketball now. Guys aren't going to like where they're at, and they can transfer way easier than they used to. So, so people should not get all upset that guys are transferring. It's going to happen. It's just going to be the new normal, I think, for college college sports in general. Well, there's no question about that. Uh, you'll find very few 
college rosters that don't have a player or two transferring, partly for the reasons that you just described. But I also think in UC's case, we did a coach's radio show the Tuesday after the season ended for UC and talked to Coach Miller about the transfer situations and the, and the likelihood that a few players would enter the transfer market. And <clears throat> he basically described it like this. He had very honest and candid conversations with every player on the roster. And those conversations probably included things like, all right, this is how I see you going forward for what it's going to take for us to win the American next year and the Big 12 after that. And to be honest with you, you probably are not going to be a starter. You're probably going to not play a ton of minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you to leave. You're welcome to stay as a reserve. But just so you know, you are likely to be a reserve. And if mm -hmm. that's the case with some of the guys that have moved on, then you understand it. You know, it's in their best interest. It's in UC's best interest. I don't know if he specifically said any of that stuff to Mikey Saunders or Mason Madsen, but those are the conversations that happen between coaches and players. And sometimes that's the type of stuff that leads to players moving on and trying to find a destination where they can play a bigger role. There you go. Yeah, that 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 does make make sense. I mean, that that's conversation, hard conversations you have to have with with your players, just to, in general to get them better and maybe motivate them to. Now, you give me almost a half hour, real quick. I have to ask you, what was it like? This last question, I'll let you go. What was it like to to I know you've been asked this a lot, but broadcast Super Bowl and the college football playoffs all in the same year. That's had to be a dream come true. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no local team broadcaster has ever had that opportunity. So trust me, I recognize how incredibly lucky I've been the last year. I keep saying that I am now convinced I will have my first hole-in-one this summer <laughs> because my luck has been so good. You know, the the, the four-team college football playoff was incredible. I mean, being in the booth at the Cotton Bowl was one of the broadcasting thrills of a lifetime. But then you go to the Super Bowl, and that is honestly – a different level. I, I have been describing it like the first Jurassic Park movie where the characters see dinosaurs for the first time, believe their eyes. Oh my dinosaur. <laughs> they still exist. That's what it's like to be behind the mic at a Super Bowl for the team that you root for and broadcast for. It's just such a, Oh my God, this is really happening type moment. Uh, that I can't wait for it to happen again. And I think it will with Joe Burrow. I don't know if it'll be this year. It's hard to go in back-to-back -back seasons. But I have very little doubt that the Bengals will be back in the Joe Burrow era, and hopefully they'll be back several times. Exactly. And and you, you said you had your oh my, oh, my God moment. I was having that with the Bengals just being in the Super Bowl because last time it happened, I was 12. So <laughs> I was like, holy crap, because my kids never saw any of the, any of the teams win anything. So since they've been alive, so it was a very, a very, very big oh my god moment for all of us. Dan, you give me almost thirty minutes. I appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, you are one of the best broadcasters around, one of the nicest guys I've ever met too. So I appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely have to do it again. I'll, I'll wait a little while before I, I start bugging again, but I'll, I'll have to get you on the show again. Fair enough. Keep up the great work, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Dan. All right, guys. I am back. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I, I did. Rowdy, every lap, man. I appreciate the $5 stupid chat. I still got to give you a shout out. I I would have loved to ask Dan that, but I did it earlier today. So, unfortunately, I could not ask him that. And that's a good question. I don't know. See, like I said, for me, 
it's still you're trading to even to get Stingley or Sauce. I think you're trading up in the top 10. And somebody in the top 10, are they going to want a 30, 31, you know, the 31st pick overall to give up their number one plus whatever we have in 2022, which I'm thinking is going to be at least in the 20s, maybe 30s, hopefully 32, you know. I don't know if anybody would give that up, you know, for you know for a chance to 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 draft you know Stingley or Sauce. So I hear what you're saying. I I just don't know, and I know you're asking Dan that, but I tried to answer for you. And like I said, I appreciate the uh, super chat. That was awesome. So like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun getting Dan on. Uh, let's get to some of the questions here. And the chat here. Uh, let's see. You guys are blowing it up again. Uh, okay, here you go. Let's go with Rob's. He said uh, he would trade. We would have to trade up to the teams and then trade again for a top 10. You're saying, I, I guess you're saying that for the, uh, for the, uh, to get um, sauce or stingly. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I know the guy's name and I cannot say it. Oh, o- o- whatever. You guys know who it is. It's my target at 31 right now. I, I'm honestly thinking this is why these are my thoughts. I think that the Bengals have a guy in mind. I would not be surprised if they trade back at 31. I really, I would be shocked if, if the Bengals don't trade back at all in this draft because they've done it a lot. So I could totally see them trading out of 31 because look, there are going to be guys there, but we need depth in this, on this team right now. And we have to really start building the defense for the future because a lot of these guys, like I said, are not going to be here for the long haul. You know, our offense is honestly set up to be good for a while. <laughs> All around Joe Jackpot Joey Burrow. The defense, they're they're young, but they're, you know, they're in their late 20s. They're starting to get closer to 30. So and the thing is, once the salary cap hits, they're not going to pay everybody. So and that's how you replenish it. So that's where I'm like, I think they have to go heavy defense in this draft, is what I think. Uh, I see your hoss. Uh, I'll take it 31 rounds to get sauce, and that's a no-go for me. Uh, a trade up for Stingley is possible. Trade back, get Kobe. I like Kobe. I, I, and like I said, I'm a Bearcat homer, but I like Kobe Bryant. I mean, I I don't like him enough to take him at 31, but if he's there in the second round, yeah, I'm taking him. That's that's who I would I would do. Let's see here. Rob, but if a T. Higgins type player falls to 31, we are going to snag them up. Absolutely. I'm sure they will have a player or two. They really hope to fall at 31. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, they're going to have guys that, you know, these guys are here. Like, I think, if, like, I keep saying, if Lionel Bog is there, if Wyatt is there, uh, those are the guys, those are the two guys that I think, able to tell for some reason, if Sauce or Stingley is there, for damn sure they're going to go get them. I don't think they're going to fall that far. But uh, yes, they they have. I think they have a list of guys saying if these guys are there, we're taking them. You know, they have your second tier. If these guys are here. We think we can get these guys in the second round. They're probably going to trade back. Is what I think. 
Rowdy Everlap. Uh, next year's draft picks will be more valuable to to be able to be traded up to get Strauss or CJ Strauss, Bryce Young. So that's the 2023 Jeff capital. Very important. Yeah. Um, so you're saying those guys would be at wherever the Bengals would draft, I guess is what you're trying to say. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yes, yes. Falele is injury, injury risk, injury risk waiting to happy. Happy cost says Kobe or Falele in the same round. You could. Um, there's, there's, there's gonna be that. See, this was the fun part about the way the draft is right now. What the Bengals have done. It's open. It's completely open. They can do whatever to, they want. You know, there is no set thing like last year. You know, last like two years ago, we got to get. We're going to get Joe Burrow, and then we went linebackers, and they got T. Higgins because T. Higgins fell, and then they went linebackers. They got to fix. They were determined to fix the linebackers. You know, last year we going to get um, um, Uno, and then they were determined to fix the offensive line. So we got Jazz Carmen, and you got uh, Hill, and you got Deontay Smith, and all that. They're determined to fix them. They don't have really had to fix anything. I mean, literally, if they if we go out with what we have right now, I'm okay with that, and that includes. Eli Apple is starting at corner. I prefer them to get somebody better there. Not that Eli Apple's bad, but I prefer that. So that's what the cool thing is about where they're at. They don't have they. Yes, getting Sauce, getting Stingley would be great. But the more important thing is to build for the future. We've got a stable base. We got to get depth. We got to get guys who can re- replace guys that are going to leave because that's what we're going to have. You know, we're going to have guys that are going to leave. You have to have guys behind them who are cheaper that can be replaced. That's where the Bengals have got to get at Because let's be honest, when, when we won our five-year run, when we let Whitworth, Whitworth, we let Zeidler, we let Sanugo, we let Marvin Jones, we let all four of them go, we had nothing. We had nothing behind them. That's what we can't have happen when, you know, they can't keep everybody. That's eventually going to happen. That's where they have to get to in this starting in this draft now, I think. That's why I think this draft is actually important for the future of the Bengals. All right, Rob, weird question. I couldn't find any progress on Osai on Google. Have you heard anything about how he's doing? I haven't, Rob. To be honest, I mean, I think he's doing fine. I haven't heard anything that he's not. So I'm assuming that he's that he's doing fine, you know, and he's going to be a, a big piece. That's a guy I, I can't wait to see in training camp and see how he does. Cause he, he was so good in a very short a period of time, but it was only one game. Can he continue to, to do that in every game? You know, we'll see. Yes. Yes. If a lava falls to 31, I think the Bengals pull the trigger. Call me crazy. I will. If he's there, I'll be shocked. I mean, seriously, there's a and that's the thing too. Everybody keeps talking about wide receivers in this draft. And yes, I think if they're not going to sign reside all date, which all indications they're not, they do have to draft a wide receiver. There's so many wide receivers in this draft. They could draft a good one in the fourth round, in the fifth round, I think, because we don't need a starting caliber one. We we need a developmental one, you know. Because like I keep saying, I keep preaching depth because I 
the, the chances of the Bengals being as healthy as they were this year, I'm not saying are slim to none, but they're not very high <laughs> compared to how healthy they were last year. So that's where I we need the depth pieces, and we need we need something in in the wide receiver. We got three of them, but Michael Thomas isn't really a guy that you really are like. Oh yeah, if, if you know Jamar goes down, we got Michael Thomas. We'll be fine. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I think fourth, fifth round. I think you might see a wide receiver then. Is what I'm thinking. Uh, let's see, uh, Rob, back to Osai. I'm sure he's done done with rehab at this point. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, he's got to be done by now. Yes, I am definitely. Let's see here, Rob, Rob, uh, Rowdy. Let's see here, you guys are. Uh, let's see here. Go to Hoss. All right, Rowdy. No team could package that Bengals first with their own 2023 draft pick and get an elite quarterback in the draft. No team could package the that Bengals first with their own 2023 20, draft pick and get an elite quarterback. No, I don't think they could. I'm, I'm trying to read what you're saying. For some reason, I'm not un- completely understanding it. So I my apologies. Um, let's see here. And say so Rowdy said, I would rather have an have a shut down elite cornerback. See, that was part of my if you guys saw my poll on uh, YouTube today where I said, would you ever have a cornerback or a three tech me personally? I, as far as the way the team goes right now, I think that we need to get our, another three tech because we only have one as far as I, unless I'm missing somebody, BJ Hill is the only three tech we have. Um, I don't know if they're going to resign Larry Ogunjobi. If they can get him on a cheap one year proof deal, then that would help out a lot. So that's where they have to find somebody, I think, in the draft. Um, again, unless they sign somebody, you know, on a one-year prove deal, which might might be. But right now, see, cornerback, and I'll preface this that I'm not saying we're fine with Eli Apple, but I'm more worried about the defensive line. I think we can make it with Eli Apple there if you're picking one or the other. We're going to have a hard time making it with – BJ Hill playing almost the whole time and not really having, you know, another guy to, to, to relieve him. So that's, that's where I'm, I'm at as far as where we're at on the, with the team right now. All right. Let's see here. Hunter says if a is there, they could get a hell of a, a hell of a trade package. True. Um, That is, yeah, that's where actually Hunter, that's a very good point. And that might be what the Bengals do. If somebody's giving them, you know, uh, a second and another second and another third, maybe a fourth for that so they can get a lot of weight, yeah, then I'm making that trade. You know, because, again, he's one wide receiver. He would be the fourth wide receiver. Yes, he's an elite, very good wide receiver. But if we get four, you know, three extra picks, I'm taking that. And you're saying, yes, yes, uh, says James – Calica, I can't see. I know the guy's names. I can't say him. Anyway, in round two is a guy you watch. He plays slot and returns punts. That's exactly what they need right there. And they want a guy to return punts. So that would be definitely a guy to look at. 
Let's see here. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I'm just so happy that we finally got an offensive line who compares with the Mouse Garrett and, and the Watkins in the Watkins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm saying the defense of the Ravens. I'm so happy about that. I think you're very happy that we're getting off its line and we are going to be better than any of those teams. <laughs> Rob, I agree with the fourth or fifth for wide receiver. Look for a special teams ace who can play some wide receiver in staffs. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's right where I'm at with the wide receivers. Yes, yes. Eli Apple had a better PFF grade than William Jackson the third this season. I'd ride with Eli. I look, I'm not saying, yeah, that's where I'm saying. That's why I'm okay with Eli. If you're picking one, if we got to get a three tech because we don't have another one, <laughs> you know, that's where I'm that's where I'm saying. If 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 Davis, <laughs> excuse me, why I keep saying Davis, Wyatt Davis was from Oak from Ohio State last year. If Wyatt is there from Georgia, I'm taking him. <laughs> I'm taking him all day, every day, and I ain't trading out of 31. If that guy drops, that's who I'm taking. So we see. Now you're talking about Oliver says Tyra Shovel. Tyra Shelvin is not a three tech. He's a nose. And that's the thing, which is it's fine, but we need we need a three tech. BJ Hill is really the only three tech we have. Unless, like I said, unless I'm wrong, unless somebody could tell me somebody else is a, is a three tech, but I'm pretty sure the only two three techs we had on there was Larry Ogajobi and BJ Hill. Uh since I bang, I'm just glad we got to get off its line. Who can stop the ball rush in our division? Yes, we have got a very good offense line. We're, and the, the guys going to be the happiest is Joe Mixon. Joe, the Joes, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, have got to be extremely happy about this offense line. Haas, what up with Geno Atkins? Just curious. There's also an older guy, Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, now that that's the guy that I'm kind of keeping an eye on that, but he was the guy I think he thought was going to get big money. Now we're entering the second week of free agent. He might His price might drop a little bit. Gene Atkins is, I think he's done. If he didn't come back last year when Lario got hurt, then he's not coming back. I, I think he, I, I don't know if he's officially retired or anything like that because you got to put papers in, but I would be surprised to see Gino. If, if Gino wasn't going to come back to the Bengals for a Super Bowl run, he's not coming back. Just my opinion. Rob, we would surely bring in some three tech veterans at minimum for training. It. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I just, I would feel, which is basically, I think, well, I'll take it back. That's what we did last year. <laughs> we had Larry O, and then we didn't have anybody until BJ Hill. So they waited a long time to get that. So, I mean, that is, that that is a very good point of what they could do. But I'm just like, if, if Wyatt is there, I would love to get him. Butler from Tennessee is somebody to watch for the third mid-round. He's a three-tech. Butler, what's, what's Butler's last name? I'm trying to. I don't think I know that one very much. Uh, and I said, uh, Rob said, Gino appears to have retired for health reasons. I know he's a big family guy. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know if it's official, but like I said, if he wasn't going to come back to the Bengals for a Super Bowl run, which I don't even know if the Bengals contacted him or not. I, I have no idea. I know Tyler Boyd. I know Tyler Boyd contacted because he said he texted him. So, um, and so if Gino didn't want to come back for that, then yeah, he's most likely done for his career, which, yeah. Good luck to Gino. He was been, was a great Bengal. I wish he would have, we would have won a playoff game with him. That would have been awesome. But you know, life goes on. All right, guys, 
let me get to the Facebook groups that let me a live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Who Day Nation, Who Day Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Rounding Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckers, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trunapole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight, putting on the podcast. Please make sure you download it, rate it. Give me a five-star review. I would love to get like a thousand, thousand downloads, a thousand views on my channel. You know, that, that's I get more subscribers for that probably to happen. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports Strawberry Ice, my podcast, my YouTube channel, my podcast on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate, like, review. Like I said, on the YouTube channel here, please give me as many likes thumbs ups as you can it helps the algorithm i would greatly appreciate it i'm trying to get on every day and put a poll question up or some kind of thought on the channel so you guys we can interact that way so make sure you guys are, are checking that out and like i said tell your friends about me let's try you get 2,000 subscribers hopefully by the time super bowl rolls rolls around come out 1,534 which is awesome i said super bowl <laughs> Uh, I'll be past that by the time the Super Bowl rolls around. I mean, by the time the Bengals football season starts. So, like I said, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with Strawberry Ice. Tomorrow, I have a new guest, and I got to pull it up here on Twitter so I can say his name. I met him. Actually, I met him when we did the Orange Arrows Fantasy League, and he was uh, on the Bengals Brew podcast we did uh, a couple weeks ago on Saturday night. His name is San. Tor Miles, I hope I said it right, and he has a new podcast. It's called Rally Around the Natty. I retweeted it. He's doing a giveaway tonight, trying to do some fundraising, so check him out, and he will be on the show tomorrow. And other than that, you guys have a wonderful night. I will see you tomorrow, and that's just sports, baby. See ya!
we gon' rise and up In the jungle we unite and up Drippin' orange and black and white All day when we fight Live and die in these stripes Now who gotta move like it on? Yeah, we follow like that black and orange Apollo. 